This is the Tuesday, June 22nd edition of the Daily Wager Podcast, another NBA playoff game after one-day hiatus, and we'll get some baseball as well in and out in less than 10 minutes. Welcome to the Daily Wager Podcast, presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. I'm Doug Kazarian, alongside Joe Fortenbaugh. Good to be back here on the pod. I know you were on yesterday and on the show, but you know it's good to connect and get you back in the swing of things. Hey, look, you can never have enough too much Doug Kazarian in your life. And if I got the show yesterday, it was one thing, but now I get the pod this morning. Very excited. Uh, what are you doing with this Clippers-Suns game? I know we talked about it a little yesterday, but with the uncertainty regarding both Kawhi Leonard and Chris Paul, has that changed your opinion at all? Yeah, it's it's basically I'm just not expecting either guy back for a couple games. Like, definitely not game two tonight. And I understand the line move here. I was really shocked at a six-point spread yesterday, and we taped the Sports Center segment. It just made no sense because um, game one was minus four, and then we saw six, and I was like, unless Chris Paul is definitely playing, but even then I think it's too much of an adjustment because we talk about key numbers so much in football, right? And we've done it briefly when we discuss NBA, but four, five, and six are, are significant in terms of uh, most common margins of victory over the last handful of years. So I, I really liked the clips at six. It's come down to five. There's some four and a half there. I still like them just because game one was such a difficult spot going back to back games, grueling series with the jazz, then flight to Phoenix and then a well-rested Suns team, albeit without Chris Paul. So I think just the situational spot, I want the clips and the points here. I don't disagree at all. I, I, I think that that was a really tight game where right at the end, and this is why the key numbers are important. Phoenix blew it open and was able to cover, but that could have gone either way. So I see where you're at there. I've got two plays for this game. The one I like and then the one I really like. I'll start with the one I like. I'm going to go under 224 points. Game one's closing total was 220. They hung 234. Big shooting nights on both ends. The two teams combined to shoot over 40% from deep, over 50% from the field. These are two slow-paced teams. More importantly, they're two defensive-minded teams. And I think there are going to be adjustments made defensively based on everything that was seen in game one, that's going to slow this down a little bit. I'm not sure we get as explosive a performance from Devin Booker. I'm not sure we get as much from Paul George. Obviously, that's got to be the focal point for both teams' defenses. So you see the adjustment from 220 points in game one to 224 in game two. I'll play a little bit on the under. The one I really like here is a player prop. Reggie Jackson points 18 and a half. I'm going to play the over here. His scoring, his usage, his minutes are way up since the Kawhi Leonard injury. So let's look at it like this. In the playoffs with Kawhi healthy, the Clippers played 11 games. In those 11 games, Reggie Jackson's averaging 12 points a game on 11 shots per game, and he played 36 or more minutes just two times in 11 games. Now in the three games, albeit a small sample size, but the three games without Kawhi Leonard, Jackson's averaging 24 points per game, 16 attempts per game, and he's gone over 36 minutes in all three games. So from 12 points to 24 points, he's doubling his production, and he scored 22 or more in all three of those games. Essentially, he's the Robin, the Paul George's Batman, now that there's no Kawhi Leonard. So with the usage rate, the fact that he's getting more opportunities, he's scoring more, I'm going to play Reggie Jackson over 18 and a half points to complement the under of 224. I like it. I like it. There's a solid analysis on that. And the prop market is always different. We've talked about it a bunch, but, you know, the record this postseason of total number of all-stars that have missed at least one game. It's the season, you know, we've heard LeBron's thoughts, but basically just want to reiterate what we've said before in the pod is that 
odds makers want both teams full strength, you know, end of the year power ratings, all that stuff. It's really easy for them to make a line. But when you have uncertainty and then moving moving parts with the prop market, it's just really hard for them to get a true number, if you will. And the market's a little inefficient. So if you have a good angle and you can you can find one, then then that's great. All right, let's hit the diamond. What uh, what do you have for us? Couple I'm looking at. I took a bath on the uh, Twins Reds yesterday. I like the under for the game, and I like the under for the first five. Neither of those worked out. Uh, those first of which, courtesy of the extra innings new rules, I got shellac there. But I'm going to come back tonight with the Twins minus 120 over the Reds. The Twins actually opened as a dog and are now a small favorite. They've won five straight. They're trending in the right direction. Since he's going the other way, they've lost five straight. The key here are the pitching matchups. Bailey Ober is going to pitch from Minnesota. He's a righty. He's only made four career starts. First one was against the White Sox. Little shaky. He gave up four earned runs. And three starts since, he's only given up three earned runs over 13 innings pitched. He's been pretty solid. And there's not a big, robust scouting report on him yet. So he might have an edge going against the Cincinnati team that plays in a totally different league. They're going to send Wade Miley, the lefty out there. Now, Miley's been fantastic this year, but the Twins are one of the best teams in Major League Baseball when it comes to hitting left-handed pitching. First in home runs, fourth in weighted runs created, eighth in weighted on-base average. Big advantage for them there. I think they get to Miley. I think Ober's able to do his job. And remember something, this game went really late. It was the longest game in baseball this year, just over five hours. The Reds ended up using nine total pitchers. So that's already the worst bullpen in Major League Baseball, 30th in terms of ERA. Now they're taxed as well. I think that's an advantage for Minnesota. So Twins minus 120. I'll also come back and play the Dodgers tonight. Minus 125, first five innings against the Padres. It's Clayton Kershaw for the Dodgers. Two or fewer earned runs in nine of 15 starts. He's been pretty good. He made two starts against the Padres this year. Gave up just three runs in 13 innings. Blake Snell is going to go for San Diego. He's been terrible this year. 5.72 ERA, and as of late, it's gotten even worse. 22 earned runs over his last 21 innings pitched. And as we both know, the Dodgers hit left-handed pitching very well. San Diego struggles in that department. I'm not going to bother with the bullpens. Dodgers and Kershaw, minus 125, first five innings. The only baseball game I'm going to get involved with is with the White Sox. We, we talk about it all the time, facing lefties. Tyler Anderson, Pittsburgh uh, Pirates are terrible. Um, Giolito on the mound. I'll lay the run line, first five minus a half as well. Uh, just going to go after the bad teams. Now, we saw Arizona finally get a win yesterday, but that's okay. It was only like a minus 110 if you faded them. You didn't have to lay much juice, 115. I think you're, if you're on Milwaukee at some shops. Um, so I would continue to fade these bad teams. Baltimore's terrible. Um, now they have Lopez, who's a righty, and, and Astros, I think, lead the uh, big leagues in terms of just a lot of the metrics against lefties. But you got Granke, who's been outstanding in his career in June, for whatever that's worth. Um, no way I'd bet Baltimore on that one. So if you want to go run line there, I have a couple WNBA plays, but do you have another baseball play by chance? No, I'm locked in. And now I'm even more locked in because I did not think I was going to get WNBA today. So now no. I'm, I'm salivating a little bit, Joe. I mean, we, uh, the vacation did something to, you know, you're getting when three games on the slate, you're going to get some, <laughs> yes. I will say which, which should be a good game between Dallas and Connecticut. I'll take the sun at home. Plus one look, it's going to come down to the end, but I just trust the sun getting a point as well. They should be favored. I would think on the small line. Chicago, uh, they seem to have found their groove now that Candace Parker's returned. I can't lay the six in New York, although the Liberty um, just are bad uh, right now. And obviously, Ionesco's come back. She's limited. Um, they have not been um, that strong, let's, let's call it. Uh, but they did get the win 
last weekend against the Sparks. They did hold on for that, but I, I just don't. I would have to lay the six before I take it. So pass on that game. But if you want to torture yourself, I would grab the 14 points with the Mystics in Seattle. Uh, I don't think they're going to win, but I think they're going to keep this pretty close. And 14 is a lot of points. So I expect a little bit of a backdoor coverage. I think they lose by nine or 10 because Seattle on deck has the aces in the battle of the top two teams in the league. So I would think uh, Seattle's won a bunch of games in a row. They were just on the road. I just, Maybe first half watched. I think it's going to be a sluggish effort from the uh, Seattle to start the game. But those my, that's my WNBA breakdown for you. We need a sponsor. Yeah, buddy. I'll tell with you. I always love the WNBA picks. Thanks for bringing those to the table today. Yeah, we got a little uh, – we're at the stage of the group play at Euros where it's uh, two games at the same time for the uh, group play, right? The, and, that, uh, that's unex- that, and that's unacceptable. I need to be able to focus. I don't know no, soccer well enough. They, they I need do to be able to focus. On purpose, because uh, the last game of the group play, I believe it is, they uh, don't want one outcome affecting the other because of points, right? Right. You get a right. point for a tie. So they just play them at the same time. Not that they're what, are they going to turn off all the scoreboards too. Um, <laughs> but uh, that that's the breakdown. All right. That's enough. A little uh, it's part of the uh, how the sausage is made in our little brains. For, uh, for, for, um, you know, coming up with these picks. So that'll do it for today. Uh, daily wager tonight, six Eastern. We're six Eastern on ESPN2 all week except Thursday, and that'll be a two Eastern. So somewhat regular schedule this week. And of course, we'll be back on the pod tomorrow. Mm-hmm.